we're really good at listening, right? Humans have been listening for hundreds of thousands of years. We've only been reading for a couple of thousand. And like anything else, if you practice, you get good at the thing. And so when you practice listening, you're able to listen faster, comprehend more, retain more, do other things while you listen. And so number one, you can go through a lot more material. And so you get to basically that map, mental model of the universe, that tree of knowledge. You just get to throw so much data at it and like the things that make sense stick and the things that don't, don't stick. And then you can reread books, which is really useful as well. If you are suggested a book by someone, you just listen to it. Like you, be, you have a reading list that is infinite. Like there's no, it's not expensive to add things to your reading list, which is an amazing place to be in. And then you update your values as a human and you get to listen to biographies of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Obama, the Wright brothers, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, like Alexander Hamilton, Benjamin Franklin, all, all and a bunch of random people that you've never heard of just because you have the opportunity to. And it's like you get to live through their life. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Beard of Bam podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Today's special podcast, he was born in Israel and moved to the U.S. when he was 13. He's found a way to turn his, his dyslexia into one of his greatest strengths. He's the founder of Speechify, a text-to-speech mobile and desktop app. Two-time TEDx speaker today on the podcast, Cliff Weitzman. How we doing, brother? Doing really good, Bobby. Good to be here with you, dude. So great to be here with you, man. It's uh, you know, this the pandemic has allowed me to step into the Zoom podcast game or this virtual where all of my career I was so against it. I was like, I got to be in person with the guests. It needs to be that energy. But I have found efficiency and being able to reach people like you who aren't in LA all the time. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. So I'm so happy to be able to connect with you today, and uh, I'm, I'm pumped to have you on the podcast today, man. Me too. Um, same, same thing here. Um, I think it's amazing. Uh, you know, before the pandemic, I was traveling a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think in 2019, I did like 23 different countries. I did a lot of uh, Europe in the end of the year. And then I ended up moving to, I think I did 60% of 2020 in LA and actually lived with Taylor Offer from Feed Socks. Um, but for the most part, I consider myself a global citizen. Most of the places that I go to, I'll book the flight like day of. Um, and so you can do that a little bit less. Um, uh, this past year, uh, but same thing as you've experienced, like being able to connect over Zoom. Yeah, so so valuable. Yeah. Do you do you like the stillness better than traveling around a lot? Because I think a lot of people they see people that travel all the time. Like I wish that was me. I wish I was traveling all the time. But I think there's beauty in the stillness of being able to wake up and have a routine, be in control of your environment, not have to worry about that flight that just got canceled and now you're stuck in a layover for you know 15 hours. So have you found that you've actually enjoyed being much more still? The key for me, the only reason why I travel to begin with is for people. Um, I don't care about seeing places. I don't care about anything other than being around really excellent people and making friends. When the pandemic started, I convinced four of my best friends to move into this one-bedroom apartment with me in LA. Um, and it resulted in like the six best months of my life just because we were all working out together, working, working together, um, eating really good. Um, and it's still the case that I optimize for booking like month-to-month -month or three-month leases. Um, and, and even when I was traveling a lot, it was less so like 24 hours in one place. It'd be like, I'd be there for a week or three weeks or four weeks uh, or more. Um, and so I still love being able to move around. Um, so I'll tell you what the difference has been. Um, I, 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 I have my routine no matter where I go. I, I eat my macros. I find a place to work out. Dialed like, in. It'll happen regardless. Dialed yeah, in. Dialed in. <laughs> um, 
But we've been a remote first team for the last three years. And we have the core team, uh, about five of us together, and then kind of 36 around the world, 45 if you can't wow. people who are not full time. Um, but it's the fact that other people started to be remote that was really valuable to me because it made it much easier to recruit people uh, to come join us at Speechify because their f- schedules became flexible enough that they could do a work trial with us. Um, the, the, no one is now uh, jarred by the idea of a company being remote first. Um, and so that's been a big benefit for me. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting way to look at it too, where now it's just a custom where maybe somebody would would have been opposed to working for a company company that remote and they're like, I've never worked from home. I, I go to an office. Like, what do you mean work from my home right. and my laptop? And now that's just like the common theme. That's like what, what it seems like it's going to be for, for quite some time moving forward. Um, one thing that's so obvious to me about you, Cliff, which really got me excited about this podcast is, uh, your why. Um, I think, mm. I think such a driving force for success for people, uh, the ones that are successful and it, from outside looking in, they're happy and everything just seems to be going great is they're doing the right thing for the right reason, right? They didn't start the business to make millions of dollars because that was the number one thing they wanted to do. They're not working in a certain job because it gets X amount of benefits, which I, every, every situation, everyone's different. I get it. I get it. But your why is so powerful that it excites me to see mm. you from afar doing what you do with Speechify because I know at its core, you're, you are doing this still for that, for your younger version of yourself, which is so much why I still podcast four years later, because I'm still creating for that person that mm. was graduating college that didn't know what he wanted to do next. And it's so obvious to me about your why. And, um, I'm just, you know, thinking back when you were like a child, right. And you're in the first, second, third grade. I think there were times you would literally like leave uh, the classroom to go to the bathroom because it was like your chance to read. And, and with dyslexia, you just, you didn't want to be in front of your friends. So, you know, where you are now and thinking back to that kid, like, how has that journey been? Because I can only imagine you're so much more confident with where you are that now versus back then you might've been just, you know, I don't know if kids made fun of you or if, you know, you just didn't feel comfortable around them, but how has this all evolved for you? Sure. Um, so just for context, right? Um, Speechify is a deep learning-based text-to-speech app. We give you reading superpowers, so you can listen to the internet. Friend, um, I'm super dyslexic, so when I was young, it was hard for me to read stuff. Um, I've, you know, what's funny about me is I actually attribute all the success that we've had partly to the fact that I've been confident all the way through. Mm. Um, and so when I was young, I have four younger siblings, two really wonderful parents. I grew up in a household with a lot of unconditional love. So even if my teachers thought that I was stupid or my parents thought that I was lazy, I still thought that I was awesome. Um, and uh, that ability to self-coach myself, to believe that I can do things, and that if I fail in something, it's fine, um, actually resulted in me being very good at doing stuff and failing and just continuing to go and not stopping. Hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, you do that enough times, uh, you eventually succeed in whatever it is that you're trying to do. And so the thing that happened is, um, I throughout my life have walked around imagining that I am the version of myself that will be 10 years from now. Mm. And I act as if I'm that person already. Mm. And as a result, I try to do things that most people don't try to do um, when they are in a situation of being a freshman in college or um, uh, graduating school, etc. Um, it's just that I, I became the person that I thought I was going to be, but I became that person in like four years instead of 10. Um, so now I'm operating in the person who will be 
10 years from now, mm. um, which is a much different person. Mm. Um, and I think that what happened is I listen to a hundred audiobooks a year and I do a lot of, I do a lot of things. Um, I have a very extreme bias towards action. And so I've gotten to experience a lot of different things, um, and develop a lot of philosophies. So one of my favorite books is this book called, uh, thus spoke Zarathustra by an, a philosopher named Nietzsche. And he talks about this idea called the Ubermensch, uh, in German, the Superman. And the idea of the Superman is they don't take their values from society or the pulpit or their parents, um, or culture. Uh, they derive their values for themselves. Um, and that's something that I've done for a long time, basically thinking from first principles as opposed to um, mirroring what other people are doing. And so I have a lot of uh, philosophies that are unique. Um, and I've just been able to double down on those. Mm. Um, and so if there are times when I did second guess those things, um, that second guessing, A, is less in some ways. But B, I've kept a very open mind throughout. And I have this like kind of big table of values, but I'm also always open to updating it. Um, and so more than any past time in my life, uh, I know that I don't know everything. And so I'm very open to updating my assumptions and my views. It just needs to be that the person speaking um, is extremely credible. At the same time, uh, I've lost uh, any respect that I had in the past for um, pedigree. Mm. So if you came from Harvard or Stanford or Goldman Sachs um, or Facebook or Google, like that doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, the only thing that matters to me is if we're having a conversation, we're talking about some topic. I have a mental model of the universe that tells me how things work by my experience. And it might be the case that you complete some piece of information that was missing from my mind by something that you said. Um, and so if you just said something random, um, it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, I'm not going to update my model of the universe. But if you built on top of what I already have in mind and you showed me something that was not obvious to me, that then got me to update one of my values or add a value that I didn't have before, and it could be a value or it could be a piece of information or understanding of the world, that's what's important to me. Mm. Um, and so it's not the fact that you said it that made me believe it. It's the fact that you, almost like a teacher, led me to this new realization. Um, and so uh, as a result of, of growing a lot and achieving things and learning how the world works, uh, the thing that I value most are people who can help me complete thoughts that I haven't yet thought all the way through. Mm. Ooh, that's powerful. That's powerful. I think uh, having that open-mindedness, though, is so beautiful because there's so many people in this world that it's their way or the highway and mm. and i mean you could just think if, if you're talking politics space it's like nope this is what i stand for and it's like i don't want to hear anything else but yeah, there's sense. so much beauty in having that open-mindedness or just you know you stick to your true value you stick to your true cores and you make updates as needed or as as you learn things or as you read books or as you hear somebody that you know lives a certain lifestyle uh then being able to take that and apply it into your own life i think that's really that's really something amazing you said the the comment about 100 books a year, right? So yeah. 100 books a year, that's two books a week. If we're talking over the last 15 years, that's 1,500 plus books, okay? I am yeah, so much. much of an efficiency person that I'm like, that's efficient, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know if there's a faster way to do it. But I'm curious, aside from obviously listening to all these books, instead of sitting down to read them, even if you didn't have dyslexia, how do you think listening and learning is ben more beneficial than sitting and reading? Do you think it, there's true like oh, more? Yeah, massive. Yeah, it's like not even it's night and day. So here's how my day works. I wake up in the morning. The first thing that happens is my AirPods go in. I brush my teeth. I'm listening. I eat breakfast. I'm listening. I cook. I listen. I walk to wherever I'm going to walk to. I listen. They come out when I'm having a conversation with someone and when I start to work. 
And if I stop working, they go back in and I'm listening to my audiobook again. I finish a book every two days. <laughs> um, if I did this with reading what with speed? my eyes. What speed, by the way? How- uh, 3.5x. <laughs> um, and it's just because that's the max that Audible lets you go. If it could go faster, I'd go faster. Um, so with Speechify, I usually do like 700 to 800 words per minute. Um, and again, it's a matter of practice, right? Roger Bannister ran the four minute mile. Uh, and that year, a bunch of other people ran the four minute mile and people didn't think that it was possible, but it is. Um, we're really good at listening, right? Humans have been listening for hundreds of thousands of years. We've only been reading for a couple of thousand. Um, and like anything else, if you practice, you get good at the thing. And so when you practice listening, you're able to listen faster, comprehend more, retain more, do other things while you listen. Um, all my best friends, all of them listen to 3.5 X speed. None of them don't. Uh, because I convinced them to listen with Speechify many years ago. And so they've had time to practice. Um, and so number one, um, you can go through a lot more material. Um, and so you get to basically that map mental model of the universe, that tree of knowledge, you just get to throw so much data at it and like the things that make sense stick and the things that don't, don't stick. Um, and then you can reread books, which is really useful as well. Um, if you are suggested a book by someone, you just Listen to it. Like you, be, you have a reading list that is infinite. Like there's no, it's not expensive to add things to your reading list, which is an amazing place to be in. Mm. Um, and then you update your values as a human, and you get to listen to biographies of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Obama, the Wright brothers, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, like all Alexander Hamilton, Benjamin Franklin, all, all and a bunch of random people that you've never heard of. Um, uh, just because you have the opportunity to. And it's like you get to live through their life. And each one of these biographies is like 40 hours long. So you're listening to like one hour per hour, sorry, one hour per year that person was like alive and active. Um, you get to learn so much if you have the privilege of being able to do that. Um, the other thing is, you know, when, I, when you read, your brain goes through a lot of computational work, right? Like decoding the words. And so it's almost like 70% of your brain is decoding and 30% of your brain is paying attention. When I listen, it's like 3% of my brain is doing processing work and 97% is able to pay attention. Mm. Um, and that's really core. And the last part that is the most important is if I made you watch a YouTube video at 50% speed, you would stop because it would be boring. When you read, most people read at 200 words per minute, but the brain moves much faster than that. And as a result, there's a big dissonance between the speed at which they're intaking information and the speed at which their mind is working. And that results in it being boring, and therefore you stop reading. And even in that moment, you don't pay that much attention. Mm. Um, but if you're able to listen fast at the same speed that your brain works, then it's really fun. Um, and so then you listen for longer. You pay attention more. You actually retain more. So when my team want me to watch YouTube, video, YouTube videos, it's constant. They'll start the video and they'll be like, oh shit, Cliff is here. And so they'll then update it to 3x speed because they know that I'll get bored if it's 1x speed and then I'm less likely to actually pay, like know what's going on. But if it's 3x speed, I'm more likely to pay attention. So it's the same thing for you listening to books. Make sure that the speed of information intake is equal to the speed at which your mind is working. And then later, practice on increasing the speed at which your mind is able to process and your ears are able to process information. At the speed of which you're going through books every two days, how, how are you choosing what books to listen to? There's, I mean, is it just out of pure curiousness? Is it you just move on to the book that you know is going to have the tip that you need that is like a problem in your life right now, whether it's business related or relationship or anything? Like, how how do you know which next, which is the next book? Yeah, so like I listen for joy. So when I was young, all the books I listened to were fantasy books and then sci-fi books, and I was curious about 
how to make friends. So I read Dale Carnegie's books, and then I was curious about entrepreneurship. So like the four hour work week, and then good to great, rich dad poor dad. Um, I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Sethi. Um, Capital by Piketty, books about economics, philosophy, uh, biographies. It doesn't matter. Anything that's like interesting, I'll read it. Like kind of like meander curiously through the world. Mm. Uh, but my favorite is fantasies. Uh, I read a tremendous amount of fantasy books, and I always feel that I am the main character of the book. Um, and I think a lot of my character and who I am is actually modeled after fantasy book characters. Hmm. You were a big Harry Potter fan growing up. I, remember, I, I saw that. I was that. a big Harry Potter fan. Still, you still uh, remember it? You still remember the first chapter? Oh, yeah, yeah. All of it. Oh, wow. That, that, yeah. I, we could do a whole episode of just you you reciting the the chapter yeah. of it. That's amazing. Um, wow. That, but, but Harry Potter himself is not actually uh, – he, he's not a character that I resonate with at all. Not at all. Uh, no. Uh, there's a really good book called uh, Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality. Um, it's like a fan fiction thing and it's very excellent if you like Harry Potter you should definitely read it I like Harry in that series yeah uh, in the actual Harry Potter series my favorite character is Hermione um, but um, there's other books like The Way of Kings has a character named Kaladin um, Kaladin I love like there, there's uh, or, or there's another character named Reskin like there, there's some characters um, in fantasy they're called OP characters overpowered, overpowered characters mm. um, and those are characters that resonate with much more um but yeah, you, you learn so much by putting yourself in, in those shoes of those characters and kind of thinking through the decisions that they have to think through um, when they're going through life. And then when you are forced to think through those decisions, decisions yourself, you already had some practice. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty amazed at even when you were just talking about all these books that you've read, how, do you, how are you retaining this knowledge so well? Like if I had to tell you right now the last five books I've read, I, 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 it wouldn't process in my head and I'm almost like now like, this is embarrassing. You you don't even remember the last five books you've read, and you're just like yeah, you're just going, man. Can you tell me the last five people that you interviewed for podcasts. Yeah, it just takes a minute to like go back and think it through. So why the reason is stories. I remember things by stories. Um, my brain is just a network, gigantic network of stories. Hmm. Um, I remember my life in stories. I remember other people's lives in stories. Um, I remember people that I need in the form of stories. I remember philosophy in terms of stories. And those stories just stories just layer and layer and layer. Um, I'll give you another example. In computer science, you can save an image file as a .jpeg or a .svg. Mm-hmm. A .jpeg is a collection of pixels that has an RBGJ value. Um, and you can kind of build different algorithms to compress the weight. A .svg is a long mathematical polynomial that represents the shape of that vector form which means that you can stretch it out really big and you're not going to lose any quality. It's going to not be pixelated. Mm-hmm. Um, if you save like an Illustrator file, it saves it as .svg. If you save a uh, Photoshop file, it saves it as a .jpg. My memories are not based in .jpg. Um, it, it's not a coordinate on a map. Um, it's stories that relate into, into each other. And so you can scale it big or small. Um, it'll still retain the value. And then what I do is I add stories on top of it. I hone different philosophies and beliefs. Um, I add different pieces of information. Um, and if I remember a number, I'm remember, remembering it in context. Um, so I know that the Bay Area is roughly 7 million people, but I know that because I know that Israel is roughly 7 million people. I know that Denmark is roughly 7 million people. Um, I know the U.S. is about 330 million people. Um, and like that's the source of truth. Um, and so my memory of how big India and China is are is as a relation that they're about 4x bigger than the United States is. Um, everything is relational. And so my memories about Alexander Hamilton are directly related to my memories about George Washington. 
<laughs> and what I know about renewable energy is related to the classes that I took about biomedical engineering around the same time. Um, and so you just kind of fill this mental model of the universe. And if there's a, I think about it, if you are presented with a leaf of information that is not related in any way to anything else in your brain, it's going to float away. But if it's related in some way, then it can stick. You are fascinating. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever told you that, but you are literally fascinating. I think this is, this is how every person's brain works, not only mine. Yeah, I know, but I've never seen somebody process it like that at that speed. You're just, I'm, I'm in awe. When I, when I re-listen to this podcast, and I think people that listen to this episode are going to have to go back and rewind and just actually just listen again because it's, it's phenomenal. Like you're the, the rate at which you're processing and pulling things, it's, that's, that's a skill, man. It's, 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 a, it's exactly that. It's yeah. a skill. And it's a skill that I practice, yes. right? Because I have yes. experience yes. listening. And so that's the other thing. When you practice listening, you develop an ability to process things very fast with your brain and when it comes to anything that is audio related. So when I was in high school, I was the captain of the speech and debate team. And I like won all the kind of like a bunch of the state competitions in speech and debate. Um, there was a, there was an event called impromptu speaking. You'd get a topic, you get three minutes to think about it, and then you need to give us five minute speech. And there was a debate format called spar debate where you'd get a topic and then you'd debate it with somebody else. Um, and so that taught me how to organize the thoughts in my brain very well and speak them. Mm. At the other point, I am capable of intaking books at three and a half X. And again, when I started listening, I didn't speak English. I was 13 years old. I listened to Harry Potter at 0.75x speed and then later at 1x, later at 1.25, then 1.5, then 2x, then 3x, etc. It's practice. Mm. And so when you practice reading, you become really good at decoding with your eyes on top of the information that you gain. When you practice listening, you become really good at listening. Mm. And it doesn't matter if you're listening to books or humans. Mm. You can listen to the human, process the information, triage it, come up with your own answer. And when they finish speaking, you give your answer. Mm. Um, at the same time, you become good at multitasking. I can listen to you and you at the same time while I'm cooking this breakfast. Um, and so instead of cooking breakfast, I'm just thinking about how does this fit into my mental model of the universe? And then I can represent it to you. Wow. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating, Cliff. Um, you mentioned, I think you had mentioned Brown, um, which is where Speechify really kind of came to life. This was yeah. a product, which again, going back to the why, you had created this software to solely help yourself get through well i think it was high was it more high school actually i don't I want to get uh, no no college yeah it was college. i wish i had it in correct high school. <laughs> correct so it was it was college it was while you're at brown um and so has that always been in you like when you see problems you try to find the solution before speechify that was that has just always been ingrained in you yeah um so this the way that my, i work is like if there's something that's annoying i go this sucks and then I always ask, how do I fix it? Mm. And then I always come up with ideas for how to fix it. And most of the time, it doesn't make sense to invest the time in trying to fix that thing. Mm. Uh, but sometimes it does. Mm. In Speechify's case, it did. Um, and then Board Break, which is like this 3D printed skateboard break that I built. Also, same thing there. Uh, cell Armor, another thing that I built, which is block cell phone radiation from impacting reproductive organs. There's like a lot, of, I don't know, 40, 50 products that I built in the past. <laughs> um, and there were times when like something was annoying and I wanted to solve it. Um, the way that I go through like the world and systems in the world is also different. Like I deal with customer service differently than most people do. I deal with like the legal system and the immigration system differently than most people do because um, again, I reason from first principles. And if there's an issue, instead of just accepting that I have to deal with this annoying thing, I don't accept it. And I imagine that I can solve it somehow. And then I figure out ways of solving it. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I was always interested in kind of solving problems. 
Um, and I think because of this disdain for the system, um, I always believe that I'm allowed to innovate on top of it. Mm. And so while you're, you're solving your own problem with creating this app, or I should, I shouldn't say app, I should say software because it's not just on for your phone. It's also for your desktop. At what point does it become, oh, this is actually could be a business. This is not just me helping myself get through college. Like there's definitely other people that need this. I could build a business on this. Yeah. Um, well, it actually goes back to that why that you described. Um, I think that my story is very inspiring to people because we help people with disabilities and we help them like a lot. Mm. Like it's a life transforming product. All the comments on the app store are people saying I'm literally crying. This changed my life. Um, but my why is actually around entrepreneurship more than it is around dyslexia. Hmm. Um, I, there's, you know, entrepreneurship comes from a Latin root meaning to elevate economic resources from an area of low yield to an area of high yield. Effectively, you're creating value there was none before. Um, when I was in college, I came in thinking either I'm going to do investment banking or I'm going to do entrepreneurship. And I spent one day at Goldman Sachs' office and decided I'm definitely not going to do investment banking. Um, so I'm going to do entrepreneurship. And if you do entrepreneurship, in my opinion, you should definitely not study business. You should study engineering. Um, or chemistry or computer science or design, like some hard skill. But then on top of it, you layer entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is actually like the principles are straightforward. Mm. Just listen to traction, listen to the four hour work week, um, uh, listen to um, blitz scaling, a couple of more books, and you'll know the things that you need to know. Read all of Program's essays, read the essays by Emerson. Then you just need to implement. And so get the hard skill that lets you build the initial product uh, and then recruit good people around you. Um, and so I was passionate about creating value and building things. Um, and really more than my degree in, in university was renewable energy engineering. Even more than renewable energy engineering, what I learned in college was how to build products and recruit people and, and um, like the entrepreneurship side of things. Um, and going out of college, I knew I wanted to do my own thing. So my thesis was I want to build a clever app or website that creates real value in the world, that rides some technological wave where I could not have built this a year ago, and that rides some cultural shift where people would not have used this a year ago. And obviously, um, what I ended up with was Speechify. Um, but I also really cared to create the thing that I needed most when I was young or mm. be the person that I needed most when I was young. And the thing I needed was someone to read my books to me. And again, I spent four years in college trying to figure out what I wanted to work on. And during that time, I did not find an idea that was big enough. So then I convinced two of my professors to sponsor me to stay as a visiting scholar at school for another year. Um, so I didn't pay tuition. I lived basically on campus. I was on meal plan. I had a email and a student ID. And I just kept building things. I built maybe another six products. Uh, and eventually, um, uh, through a lot of thinking, uh, I realized, okay, I think this is the right thing. And my thought process was I want to build a, a screen reader. Um, and people would pay for the screen reader, a subscription. And I was like, no one will pay for a screen reader because there's already text-to-speech built into the Mac, built into iPhone, other places. But around that time, there was a paper that came out called WaveNet. Uh, which talked about the application of artificial intelligence to text-to-speech, where for the first time you can make voices of the quality of human beings. And I thought this was amazing. And at the time, it took an hour of processing to create a second worth of speech synthesis. And I thought to myself, okay, in eight months, it'll be relatively instant. In a year, instant in a year it'll be pretty good. And that was the case. Um, and so ahead of that, I started building, I, I had already built the product for myself. I started retrofitting it so it would work well for other people too, not only me. Um, and that started to take off because I, I pushed it really hard to make it take off. I would sneak into conferences, jump on stages, give talks when I was not invited, get invited to fly around the country to teach kids how to use Speechify. I'd make videos about it, um, post on Facebook groups, answer a lot of questions, um, did all the customer support, did a lot of the initial programming, brought other people on to help. 
Um, and then it kind of started to catch a foothold. Um, but I also knew that there was a bigger vision about creating an auditory system, um, auditory operating system um, that allowed you to interact with the entire world without needing a visual screen. Um, essentially what we call speechify listening to the internet. And so there was an even bigger long-term vision behind it. Mm. And so the point was the following. Number one, it takes as much effort to build a huge business as it takes to build a small one. So you might as well build a huge business. And if you're going to build a huge business, you might as well build something that creates a ton of value in the world uh, and has a positive impact. Ideally, of people similar to you. And so don't be afraid to take the time to, to do that problems, problem selection process. Um, and then ideally have something that you have a lot of conviction around. So two years into Speechify, I, was, I didn't see the engagement I wanted from users. Um, crypto was blowing up. Um, and I had a couple of friends raise ICOs that did really well. And I was like, man, I could go do an ICO right now. But I decided from first principles that crypto was not ready yet. And if I wanted to build a thing, it should be on top of some technological advancement with some cultural shift and ideally around audio and mm. ideally using AI. And I was like, well, it's going to be in that space. It's got to be Speechify. So I stuck with Speechify because I believed in it from first principles. And again, no one could convince me that text-to-speech was not a good thing because I was listening to 150,000 words a week with Speechify and that's how I went through college. And other people did not use text-to-speech, but I did and it changed my life. Mm. Um, and so having that conviction was invaluable. So when did it shift into a business? Um, it was already something I was passionate about. I was trying to build a business anyway. Mm. And then what I did was I said the following, I'm going to post on five Facebook groups and five Reddit groups for people with dyslexia that I'm building this. I'm going to post a video that makes it seem as though Speechify is already perfect with a website that has a Stripe integration that allows them to pre-order the product for $100. Um, and I was upfront that it's not ready yet. Mm -hmm. And people bought it. And I was like, great, people are going to pay. There's a business here. Let's go. Wow. Wow. Talk about too, like this shift in audio and how that's becoming massive right now, you know, with like Alexa, obviously the increase in the podcast space, people are listening to podcasts all the time. You have, uh, you know, speechify yourself, like taking files that a PDF and now translating so people can listen. Are there, are there any other areas of like where you think voice is going to go next? Oh, a lot. So first of all, like take Clubhouse as an example, yes, right? Yep. Clubhouse is blowing up right now. Why is Clubhouse big today? Why today and not seven years ago, right? Seven years ago, you had speakers, you had microphones, you had Wi-Fi. Why today? Initially, I thought maybe it's because the social graph on Twitter is different and the type of people who are active there today are more interesting than they were in the past. But no, that's not the answer. There's a much easier answer for why Clubhouse blew up today. It's because of AirPods. People have AirPods in their ears 5x more frequently. It makes listening so much easier. And when you're talking about a consumer product, 99% there is a huge difference compared to 70% there. And AirPods was just like a big, big missing link. Air, Air, link. AirPods made more money than Spotify, more money than like almost any other big company today just selling AirPods alone. Wow. And they're going to get better, a lot better. Um, and so that is a huge enabler for audio. The second thing is, you know, if we were to talk about who was listening to podcasts and audiobooks 10 years ago, very few people. It'd be weird if you did. Um, I'm sure when you listen to podcasts, you're listening at 1.25, 1.5x speed, not 1x speed again. Very rare to do that a couple of years ago. Today, super common. Mm. Um, now with the pandemic, it's uh, accelerated that shift even further. Um, you have platforms like Hopin, like Zoom. Um, I am really big on random phone calls. I just call people all the time and I have a conversation and most people don't do that. Uh, but it's actually so nice uh, as a difference compared to Zoom. And when you can't see people in person, it makes it really easy to keep close to people. Um, 
And so you'll see a lot more things happening in the audio space because it's just a much nicer environment for engaging with users. Um, it's also the case that a lot of the bigger social media companies that we've gotten to use a lot, Facebook, Instagram, are very, very much open and are optimized TikTok to, for stealing your time. Mm. Audio has a much tougher time stealing your time. It actually has to deliver you real value, whether it be a good song or a good podcast or a good audiobook or something else like Speechify. Um, the thing that we had a big insight on is not only that from a usage perspective, um, audio has shifted, but there's a supply side of the technology of the impact of deep learning and AI on the quality of text-to-speech, um, OCR and NLP and translation and all the technology we've built around parsing the internet and triaging it. You know, in the same way that Google... So, right, there was Web 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, mobile. Now there's a clear shift to audio. What Google did is it organized all the world's digital information and became the doorway for interacting with the internet. Our goal is to do the same thing, but for the audio web. Um, and so when you have a visual platform, it's very easy to navigate because you can do it with your eyes. Mm -hmm. But if you have an audio first experience, it's hard to navigate. Even to this day, there's not a good search um, place for podcasts to discover new podcasts. There's no good AdSense for audio. Um, and so our goal is actually, if you are listening to stuff with Speechify, um, I can figure out what the completion rate is for articles that you choose to consume. And based on that, recommend to you articles that are really relevant to you. So today, millions of people use Speechify, where pole position two become the primary audio relationship for all these users. And it's the case that I have so much data uh, based on your past behavior that allows me to give to you the things that are most relevant to you based on your completion rates. And so if you look at the best recommendation engines online, YouTube, TikTok, it's all content that's on a timeline, which is the same thing for us. Um, and so that as well allows us to build an experience where actually because you can't navigate easily, the best experience is we just recommend to you the things that are most relevant to you. No matter if you're in your car or in your Uber or driving around or walking, it doesn't matter what. Mm. Um, no matter where you are, we should be able to give you the information that is most relevant for you to listen next. Um, and so there's just so many different opportunities around how audio changes the world and makes it like just a much healthier place. Yeah. Um, and so we're just fortunate to be uh, to be in that space. Yeah. If anything, I think it's giving us more time because we're able to do other things now that we can consume the information while we're cleaning the dishes or we're walking to the office or we're working out or it's, if anything, it's, it's allowing us to learn, consume on the go, and we can do a magnitude of other things, which I think is kind of beautiful about it. Do you ever feel though, and you had, you had said it uh, towards the beginning of the podcast that, you know, when you wake up, they go in and brush your teeth and they only come out until you're talking to somebody or whatever it might be. But do you ever feel like you're missing out? Like you're not truly present in the world because you're not walking down the street and hearing the birds chirp or like just little moments like that. Do you feel like sometimes you're like, I do that too. Yeah. I do that okay, too. So it's right? like, it's no, not there always are... in all the time. Yeah. It's not always. No, <laughs> you no. Give, there, there are times when it's <laughs> not there. And then in fact, as a result, when I'm not listening, I'm more present than most people are. Um, because like, I, I just, it's, it's beautiful. Like you want to engage, you want to listen to the birds. You want to look at the play with the sand, go in the water, jump in the tree. Mm. Um, and, um, there was a moment, you know, my, my roommates in college used to listen to music when they were in the shower. And I was like, that's brilliant. I'll listen to music when I'm in the shower too. And then I decided to stop because I realized it was one of the only times that information was not coming into my ears. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I struggle with going to sleep um, because like I love everything that I do. Like I don't want to go to sleep and I'm very excited to wake up in the morning. Um, I sleep not that much. Um, and I was like, no, this is not okay. I need to sleep eight hours. So what I used to do is I would lock my laptop in a safe and I would lock my phone in a timer lock. Um, and so I wouldn't have access to them for eight hours. 
Um, and so I'd work out, lock my laptop, lock my phone, have a protein shake, and then I need to go to sleep. And if I didn't want to go to sleep, my only two options were I could play guitar or I could journal or I could try to meditate. Um, meditation does not work for me. I've tried it a lot, like for the last three, four years. Eventually, I'll get into it. Like I'll, I'll give it the same level of enthusiasm I have around books and working out and music and other things. Um, but right now, I'm just like too pneumatic for it. Mm. Um, audiobooks are my meditation for the most part, but I love journaling. Mm. Um, I make a lot of plans. I dream a lot of dreams, especially on planes. Um, I, plane rounds are just me writing in a notebook, trying to figure out what I want to do next. Um, and um, all those dreams are so informed by things that I listen to. Mm. Um, and yeah, again, you always have the choice to not listen whenever you want. Sometimes I even listen to music. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's, it's a much better existence in my opinion, if you're getting to, to learn all this stuff all the time. Yeah. I like that. And I like knowing that, uh, when you are choosing to listen to nature, you're actually present where sometimes even, even this morning I took my headphones out when I was working out and said, played it out of a speak the music out of a speaker, because I realized I could have the best of both worlds. Mm. Like I have the music to get me moving, but then I can still hear the trees and like, I don't know why I keep seeing the totally. birds, but like, it's just little moments like that, which helped me to stay focused on the present and not get so caught up thinking about the future or the past or whatever it might be. So I found, I, I just tried to find those little things that in my day to day that remind me like I'm here right now with Cliff. Don't worry about what happened yesterday. Don't worry about what you got to do tomorrow. Just be in the absolute moment, you know, Love um, it. talking about team. Uh, I think you'd said you guys at this year. So you have five, uh, on the executive aspect, there's how many else after that? 30, I think you said about? Uh, 36, 36 full-time, 45, you can't, not full-time. Wow, that's a lot of people. Uh, what's the most difficult and what's the most rewarding part of being a CEO and founder with that many team members? Oh, man. Uh, I, I have a really good job, um, and it's because of Simon. So um, very early on, I had this guy from Bulgaria send me a message. He was 20 years old. Uh, he was like, hey, I love your product. I'm promoting it in the following ways. How else can I help? I sent him a sketch file. I went to sleep. I woke up in the morning. He had rebuilt a website. Um, and I was like, how'd you do that so fast? And then um, he asked, how else can I help? I was like, I don't know. Maybe you could build this Twitter scraper. He built a scraper that would auto-tweet at people and get the download speed fine. Um, and then he helped me hire some iOS engineers. Eventually, I got him an apartment, got him a visa, moved him out to America. He got here. He was 21, 21 years old. Um, he was an intern. It took him three months to become a better iOS engineer than the senior guys we'd hired from Snapchat and Apple. Turns out he was ranked number one in math in Bulgaria in high school. He later wrote a textbook on neural networks. Highest EQ, highest IQ person I know. Um, like, absolute sweetheart. Um, he's been head of engineering at Speechify for the last year and a half, uh, two years. Like, he really rose up really fast. Uh, now he's leading ops and a lot of the recruiting. Um, I don't like managing. I love leading. Uh, Simon is a really good manager. Mm. Chaitu is a really good manager. Um, we have a lot of really good leaders, a lot of really good managers in the company. And so there's three people who report into me and uh, everybody else reports into them. Mm. And so though we have a really big organization, we're very flat. Um, and um, uh, my life is great as a result. Mm. Um, now, my, my we have kind of, uh, we look for people who learn really fast, take a ton of initiative, and that's critical, have fire in the belly for the product and high loyalty to the team. Um, uh, I don't like managing people. I like when they manage me. So I set the long-term goals. They know what the KPIs we're driving towards are, key performance indicators. Um, and then they tell me what they need for me to do to unblock them. Hmm. And if you don't operate that way, then you just didn't get hired to the team. Uh, 
uh, we have a lot of people who reach out to us every day who either want to work with us as engineers or designers or something else. I'll just give them a test task. And if they do a really good job, we'll give them another one. If they don't, we don't. Um, and so that ability to take initiative is critical. Mm. Um, and that's, um, that's, uh, that makes my life easy. So you ask me what's the hardest and what's the easiest or what's the most rewarding. Uh, most rewarding is, man, like at this point, I'm, I helped Simon get his green card. I helped Chaisu get his own one. Um, like we've moved a lot of people to America. Um, and I became a U.S. citizen when I was a senior in, in college. Um, I'm really, really passionate about immigration. Um, that's been very, very rewarding. Wow. Um, I also think that, um, you know, the environment of Speechify, a lot of our team are able to kind of be their best selves uh, and do their best work mm. uh, because we do a great job of removing any obstacles from you and setting you like a very clear vision. Um, so a lot of people are like realizing their potential here. Um, well, in other places, you, they might not have the opportunity to. We're also really good about hiring internationally, and we don't care about your pedigree. And so we hire people from like villages in India, small places in the Netherlands or Ghana or South Africa or the Philippines who are just really talented but overlooked. Uh, we think about them as diamonds in the rough. Um, and we find a lot, like that's our hiring philosophy is we find these people. Um, and all our team are engineers uh, for the most part. And um, so that's really rewarding. Tough part is recruiting. Um, I had like, man, we're 36. We're going to be 80 at the end of the year. And so finding enough people who are of that caliber is the hard part. Um, that's, that's the most difficult thing about running a startup after finding product market fit is hiring. Wow. And so all I do, all I spend my time on is hiring. Yeah. And that's, and that's, an, you know, once you have the product, that's going to be the thing that really helps you scale it to the next level is having the right team that can do that. And so, yeah, I mean, if you understand the types of people you need, now just finding them is obviously going to be the most difficult and challenging part, but I would imagine with the culture and the amount of people that uh, are now working for you, it kind of attracts the right people because I would hope that a lot of those people may know of the right people and it could, word of mouth could then become like, this is the place you need to work, for, you know, be with Speechify or totally. something like that. And the, the, the way to think about it and, and people who work with me um, is you got to think about it in terms of bar raisers. Everyone who added needs to add increase the quality of the overall average person at speechify and that's really hard because you know we need to fill the positions but there's so much pressure to fill them that you might compromise and take someone who's like he's good but he's not like incredible mm. um and so it's like being disciplined uh and hiring slower because you're only waiting for the real rock stars yeah that, that i think uh gary v says hire slow fire fast that's that's his uh exactly. that's his line um, right now, Speechify, I believe, has 30 different voices and languages. Um, how do you decide which language and how are you guys – like the, the voice aspect too of like I was clicking around. I could have an Australian woman or I could have an, Ingr an Irish woman. So how are you guys figuring out the languages and the voices? Uh, right now, we're doing a lot of work on what we call celebrity voices. So you'll be able to have like Gwyneth Paltrow, LeBron James um, – uh, David Attenborough reads stuff to you. And Trevor Noah. It's just a matter of like closing the contract. Wow. Um, and getting them like properly on board. And then uh, we just released Gwyneth Paltrow's voice in the app. When you do that, though, uh, how how do you get their voice? Do they have to just read a certain? They record forty minutes of audio, and then I can generate their dynamically generated just voice reading. Anything. Forty minutes audio, and you can generate any type of word or sentence for them to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you can't tell it's not the real person. <laughs> Um, so that's really cool. That's awesome. Um, another thing we think about is what we call memorialized voices. So the idea that actually I can take 30 minutes of your voice and make a Bobby voice. Um, and if you message me or your mom or your girlfriend, it'll read in that voice. 
Um, and so every contact in your phone could have a speechify voice associated with it. Um, and then languages, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. As long as there's a data set that allows us to intake that language well, we add that language. There's some like dialects in Hindi um, or Bengal that we haven't had a data set that's good enough, so we haven't been able to upload them. But otherwise, we, all languages are on speechify. Wow. I'm amazed that all it takes is 40 minutes and somebody's voice can then be used on. That's a, that is a game changer for the possibilities. Yeah, it's crazy. I want to see Morgan Freeman on there. His, his voice is yeah, fantastic. Soon. I'm working on it. <laughs> his voice is phenomenal. Um, if you could speak all of your goals and aspirations for Speechify into existence, what, what would you want to see happen? Well, number one, like our underlying goal is to make sure that reading is never a barrier to learning for anyone. Mm. Um, and then, then we think about it as right, uh, Speechify get reading superpowers, Speechify get smarter, uh, Speechify listens to the internet. Um, I'd love to be able to go to any office, any school in the world and say, hi, my name is Cliff. I have dyslexia and ADD. Um, uh, anybody has this too. Sweet. Who's heard about Speechify? All the hands should stay up. Who uses Speechify? All the hands should stay up. And so the goal is to get to the point that like two, three, four billion people are using the app every single day. Um, and that's the primary way in which people intake information because it's so much more efficient than reading. Um, and then as a result, we unlock the ability for all these people to listen to hundred books a year and to become erudite and to build clear mental models of the universe in their brain. Um, and that's something that I, I think is, is a tremendous barrier to a lot of people. You know, reading is, is hard. It's not easy. Um, most people read at 200 words per minute and that's average, but it's not adequate. And that's why most people aren't big readers. Mm. And there's so much knowledge locked in books, not only in books today, right? Most of it is in the internet and blogs and Reddit, different places. But you know, a lot of people use YouTube, fewer people use Reddit, way fewer people read Seneca, um, or, or, or Aristotle or Nietzsche. Uh, but they should because there's so much value in there. And so democratizing access to that knowledge to me is a very, very um, exciting thing to be doing. Um, and it also doesn't matter if you speak English. Speechify has auto translation too between languages. So like it doesn't matter if you speak Tagali. Um, you can listen to something in English but you're in your native tongue. Um, and we're also going to add an automatic um, not only speed ramping algorithm that we already have that coaches you to listen fast, but uh, language learning algorithm that teaches you other languages because it'll speak the 500 most commonly used words in your normal reading in the other language that you're trying to learn. Mm. Um, and so there's so, and like auto summarization tools, um, basically the goal is to get it to the point that we have several billion people using it every single day. Yeah. Um, and that, um, yeah, reader, reading is never a barrier to learning for anyone. And uh, we have figured out how to build the next version of the internet, uh, which is audio based. Wow. Yeah, I don't see this not happening. Um, it's literally just a matter of time and patience and yep. just putting in the work to, to do it and have the right team. And, you know, even me, I I force myself to read 30 minutes a day, an actual physical book and with my eyes. Um, wow. Because I, I do that only because I'm forcing – I'm a listener. That's the best way I learn. I've learned so much in the last couple of years from podcasts. I haven't listened to audiobooks yet. I'm very much interested so, after this conversation. But um, I, if you go to Cliff Weissman Medium, yeah. you'll see a list of all my favorite books. Just click on the ones I, that I, I think I came across that. I'm going to have to. But the, the thing is, I've been forcing myself to actually physically read because I'm, I'm trying to tell myself that I should, even though it's not a strength of mine, that I should try to put in the time to at least get str stronger with it. But part of me is just, 
seeing and hearing you today, I'm just, if, if it's, if I'm not even actually enjoying the physical aspect of reading the book, when I know I'm a listener, don't triple down on the, on, on audiobooks. Just don't, don't buy the books anymore. Yeah. Just listen to the totally to game changer. And here's the thing. You might be like, Oh no, 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 Bobby. You should still learn how to read because audiobooks are only on audible. You can't use it for your email. You can't use it for Wikipedia. You can't use it for Google docs. Well, Speechify Chrome extension. <laughs> we'll read all your emails to you, all your Google Docs, all of everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, that thing's used by millions of people who are like obsessed with it. The average listener in the Chrome extension will do like, what is it at this point? Like hundreds of thousands of words per week. Um, and and again, you you learn to listen really fast. And here's the cool part. Um, I used to read at 140 words per minute. The average person reads at 200 words per minute. Today, I read at 350 words per minute with my eyes, and it's because. Dyslexia is not a decoding disability. It's not a reading disability. It's a decoding disability. And as a result, most people with dyslexia don't encounter enough words to be able to sight read, recognize the words on sight. With Speechify, it highlights the words as it reads. And you look at the screen 50% of the time when you use Speechify. So I've encountered so many words spoken to me and see them at the same time that I can now sight read. So I read really fast, but I still read at less than half the speed I listen at. And it's computationally intensive. So why would I ever read with my eyes? And so um, I've heard this concept... uh, Explain in the past the following way, Bobby, you're forcing yourself to read in the same way that someone who hates horses in the past really insisted that they should know how to ride a horse. And the Model T came out, and another car came out, and another's Tesla, and still this guy is forcing himself to learn how to ride horses even though he's bad at riding horses. Bro, there's a Tesla. Why are you trying to ride a horse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why am I forcing myself to do things that I know I don't need to do, and there's other options at, at the end of the day? Uh yeah. What's curious is, you know, we have ads on Instagram and half the comments are especially older people commenting, this is horrible. Millennials are ruining the world. This is so lazy. But people get really triggered. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, because you're like completely challenging people's worldviews. Yeah, they definitely, I could see them getting triggered. I'm curious when you're, when you are listening to something, maybe it's like, um, when you need to be really focused, is there anything specific you do? Like, will you just sit in a room yeah. and just just listen in or will you go for a walk or there's got to be certain moments where you have have to go all in on it. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about like when I'm reading something really, really dense, um, Nicomachea ethics by Aristotle. I remember this assignment in college. Um, and it was hard because it was like, it was so dense, so complicated. Um, and it's easy to get bored. So what I would do is I would set it at, uh, at the time I was a less fast listener, I would listen at 350 words per minute. Um, and what I would do is I would play Spotify, um, Vivaldi Third Concerto at 30% volume for my phone. And what happened when I did that was um, I was reading the thing and it was hard. It was like bench pressing something difficult. Like it's painful because um, you're using your brain a lot. And so your brain is looking for opportunities to leave. So what I would do is I would listen to music and it filled that other 30%, 20% of my brain with music. And I didn't have time, mental bandwidth to like get distracted. I had to be focused on this train that's moving, hurtling ahead of me, highlighting the words speaking. I had this music that's soothing me, that's filling the part of my brain that otherwise would be distracted. And I'm just like, you know, the movie, The Social Network, where they have like the big headphones and they have like the monster can and they're like, I can't remember what they call it. They're like, they're locked in or whatever for like eight hours. I felt like that. There's like on a train, the train is moving. You can't get off the train, stay on the train. So there are a little, just like, so there are little hacks to make sure you stay focused in on. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and, and I recommend the, the non HD voices actually when you're doing that, uh, because they go faster, mm. um, at least for me. And it takes a little bit of practice. Um, 
I take notes every once in a while. I highlight um, on on my screen. Um, but yeah, that 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 to me is is quite powerful. Wow. Um, yeah, that's that's amazing. I'm I'm definitely gonna have to steal that and uh, and try to implement that. Literally today, <laughs> I'm gonna be switching over to that to Audible for this. So hopefully that we can get you some credit from Audible and then uh, maybe yeah, just make sure that they know that yeah. I'm sent over from Cliff and anybody that listens might be getting yeah. sent over as well. Audible and Speechify, yeah, just download the Chrome extension, download the iOS app. The great part is it doesn't matter what PDF it is, right? Audible also, right? You you can't highlight the words. Let's say you wanted to read one of the um, Gary Vaynerchuk books. Mm. Search for the book .pdf, download it from the internet, open it via iCloud or, or Google Drive or Dropbox on Speechify, boom, the PDF is there. In 30 seconds, you've made yourself a five-hour audiobook. Wow. You can change the speed. You can highlight. You can annotate. you got it wow. for free. Um, and, uh, and just listen. Wow. You can do that for almost any book. That's pretty fast, man. 30 seconds, upload that quick, five, five hours of uh, material. I mean, the, the nice part is here's the cool thing. And again, like I rarely get to talk about this side of technology. Uh, like the Speechify file object is really cool because I'm not actually saving a .mp3 file anywhere. Uh, I'm just saving text. And then the engine dynamically generates the audio on the fly for you. It doesn't need to be saved anywhere. So um, all you did was you upload the PDF and now you have the book because when you click play, it just starts speaking. Um, and it also weighs nothing on your phone mm. because it's saving text and text weighs nothing. Mm. Um, and so it's just like very very intelligently engineered software too. And that's actually what allowed us to kind of have this many users and, and grow to the degree that we have. It's just like, it, it's thought out well. Um, Speechify is a technology company. We're not a, we're not a, a content company. Mm. Um, all, the, all the team at Speechify are like, they worked at the NSA or Palantir um, or they were CTOs of Y Combinator startups. So they did their PhD in um, artificial intelligence. Um, um, and so all we do is like, we call it sometimes black magic, like the, the platform team at Speechify. Like they're supposed to parse the internet and figure out what websites are readable, what are not, which parts do you read, which parts do you not. You write a lot of like ML, machine learning, to figure out the answers to these questions to dynamically generate um, all those answers. And then it also makes the voices do the OCR, do the NLP, do the parsing, later do the recommendations. Um, and that's that's the key. Wow. So it results in good product. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um what are what are some of your your daily routines that help you operate at your highest level? Uh, I count my macros. Mm. The best thing that's ever happened to me was learning how to do that. Um, if if I was to not the best thing, but like if I was to give one piece of advice to eighteen year old Cliff that because that kid knew where he was going, but he didn't know about macros. So um, people count calories. Macronutrients are fats, carbs, and uh, protein. There's a thing called DEXA scan. Uh, you can do it for like 50 bucks. It tells you how much muscle mass, uh, bone mass, and fat mass you have in your body. Um, what you want to do is um, eat. Again, I did a lot of like, right? I studied renewable energy engineering. I'm obsessed with like energy and science. And so I just like experimented on my body and then the bodies of the rest of my team and my best friends. And now everybody has six packs. Everybody gained like 20 pounds of muscle. Um, um, it's amazing. So the, the trick is the following eat 1.3 grams of protein per pound of body weight if you're a guy. Um, eat, uh, exactly games, 55, <laughs> uh, 55 grams of fat, um, a day. Um, and, and, and then, um, find your, um, I'm like five ten, So I'll eat 130 uh, carbs per day, grams. Um, so in total, like 1900 calories a day. Um, and if you can figure out that equation for you and you count it with my fitness pal, man, 
you're going to operate at such a high level. You're going to have so much energy. Um, you're going to feel great, look great, um, and then get all your friends to do it with you. That's number one. Number two is live with your best friends who, uh, not, sorry, not your best friends. Live with people who inspire you and who are more motivated than you are. Mm-hmm. Live with people who are more motivated than you are. Um, so I moved all those people who I knew to live with me. Um, and I really did everything I could to facilitate it. Um, the other one is, uh, yeah, like uh, one, pay for plane tickets for yourself. Just go places. Um, if you have an opportunity to go visit someone for a weekend, just do it. Don't think, just do it. And if you have the opportunity for them to come visit you, just book them the ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll save yourself the time. It's worth the money. And you can even get it with points via credit cards. Um, uh, so fly people to meet, to come visit you, really high value. Make friends with people on the internet, really important habit. I send like 10 cold emails a day um, or DMs all the time. And a lot of people, I mean, this happened because you sent me a cold message. Um, and so that has such a huge impact. Um, like we're so fortunate to have the internet and Facebook and Instagram and Telegram and um, all these platforms. Use them. Uh, find the good people to be friends with, uh, LinkedIn email. Um, I realized after I did that experiment with the lock that I operate really well on low sleep. Um, but I highly recommend sleeping a lot, um, and meditating again. Mm-hmm. I have a question that I love asking my friends, like what is, what are five habits that you've had for a year or more that have fundamentally changed your life? Um, and, or have, or that have had the biggest positive impact on your life. And the most consistent answers are sleep, exercise, counting macros, meditation, listening to books. Mm. Um, but listening to books is usually on the top. Uh, learn how to code. Everybody should learn how to code. It's not hard. Um, sorry, it is hard, but it's not impossible. Anyone can do it. You don't need to be good at math. You don't need to be good at science. You just need to practice. I highly recommend the Rob Percival course on Udemy, uh, the complete iOS developer course, and the complete web developer course. It's like 19 hours of video. Uh, you build like 24 projects. And you do build duplicates of like Instagram and Tinder and Google Maps and Uber. Um, and then you know how to build stuff. So then you can just go and build things. Um, uh, listen to good books. Listen to philosophy. Make friends. Um, pour love into other people. Allow them to pour love into you. Um, oh, saying I love you is a really good mm-hmm. hack for happiness. Uh, I think that um, your success in life can be measured by the number of conversations you finish with I love you. Um, and so the more opportunities you have to do that, the better. And there's an easy way of having that happen more often. Just say, I love you more. Mm. And when you say, I love you, people start saying, I love you back. And sometimes for a lot of people, that's the only relationship in their life that they get to say, I love you. in. And so you become a really important person in that person's life. Uh, random phone calls to strangers, or sorry, random phone calls to people that you love or you care for, really important. Smiling at strangers, super valuable. Like walking down the street, lock eyes with people, smile in the direction with the goal of the smiling back at you. Uh, like making it into a competition with yourself really high value in uh, increasing your quality of life. Um, yeah, I can go on for <laughs> Just dropping gems, baby. I like the five though. We should call it the cliff starting five. That's how, that's what I'll put it in the notes as cliff starting five. I love it. Um, we have three, four more quick questions. Then we'll wrap right, up when you're feeling uninspired and unmotivated. How do you regain the momentum? Um, I call my family. Mm. So um, when that happened, happens, um, which happens to everybody. Uh, that is the time when my audiobook time reduces mm. and the amount I call my family increases. Um, I'll just walk around. I'll be in the car. I'll call my brother. I'll call my mom. I'll call my dad. I'll call my sister. Um, and I'll talk to them. Um, that's one. Two, I re-listen to 
uh, Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. It's like a two and a half hour audiobook. If you double speed it, it'll take you an hour and a half. <laughs> and then I actually go through the exercises um, and I write down my goals and then I go and do my goals. Mm. I love Tony Robbins. Big energy guy. Big energy guy. Big energy. But the family, that's, the family is definitely a good way to get you regrounded, get you back. Into that and it doesn't space. have to be family. It can be Taylor Offer. It can be Omar. It can be Steven. It doesn't matter who. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's also funny. I didn't even realize you lived with uh, Taylor Offer before when you when you started off the podcast. So that was a that was an interesting thing I, I did not know about. Uh, area of your life you need to put more effort into music. So the guitar. Is there any other, any other, anything else within music that you're really interested in? Oh, a lot, dude. Uh, yeah, I love writing lyrics, especially. Uh, I'm like a big fan of Lin Miranda from Hamilton, John Bellion, Ed John Sheeran, Bellion, that's... Sam Hunt. <sighs> yeah, John Bellion is the uh, go. Yes. Uh, oh my god! Like I can go for hours, like dissecting John Bellion songs and lyrics. Oh, this is for, I was at his um, first concert ever in New York City. No, two thousand eleven. Was it like ten years ago? Two thousand eleven. Yeah. Ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was unreal. How did you end up there? Um, a buddy of mine that I grew up with just he just knew all of the underground scene, and he's just like, "Yo, this dude John Bellion is gonna blow up." He's like, he's got his first concert. Like we should go to it. And I said, all right, let's go. We were living in Massachusetts, did a little road trip down to New York city and uh, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal artist. Oh, I wish I was there. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wrote this uh, rap album about the life of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, they gave me a big kick. Um, I write maybe like, I don't know. I, I used to write a lot of songs um, and I still have a goal of having a song in the top hundred charts in Spotify, Whoa. Um, which I know will happen. Whoa. I just need to put time into it. Um, and so, yeah, it's just not a priority right now, but it will become a priority in the future. That's cool. I think it's really cool to have different goals and, you know, somebody that outside looking at sees Cliff, Speechify, it's everything he's going to want to do in his life is business driven. But I think it's so cool when you can have different hobbies and passions that they all just have a different impact on you in your life. Oh, totally. I mean, right. Like for me, outside of like, outside of books and learning, right. Like, man, I love science. I love engineering. Like. I, I studied renewable energy, energy, renewable energy engineering in college. The thing I would want to work on right now, um, if I was not doing Speechify, is computational neuroscience. Um, I, uh, outside of the music stuff um, and the um, Speechify stuff, um, I'm actually working. I'm trying to buy the rights to the movie for Way of Kings, which is one of those books that I talked to you about. And like, I want to play Kaladin in the movie. Mm. Like, There's so many cool <laughs> things to do in life. Just go with dream dreams and go do yeah, them. Yeah, just just cross it off that bucket list, baby, one item at a time. Yeah. What uh? What's the first step that anyone can take to reaching their inner potential? What's the first step? Because you're so dialed in. Somebody that listens to this podcast is going to listen. And go, this guy Cliff has it all figured out, which is just years of you putting in the work and testing and trying. Yeah. I'm sure many of many things. But if somebody's listening and they're still unsure, of- I. I- I think really uh, listening to Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins is a really easy start mm. and actually do the exercises. And then next, listen to the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss, but don't be turned off by the fact that he sounds like a jerk in the first chapter. So stick it out beyond it. Um, and then seriously, listen to audiobooks. Listen to an, two audiobooks a month and don't give up. Yeah. And it'll take you 10 audiobooks before you become good at listening. Mm. You're not going to get good at listening in the first book. It takes practice in the same way that you weren't a good reader on the first book that you read. 
um, and then work out and count macros and move in with people who are more motivated. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it. that's a game changer. I'm for sure switching. To, I'm downloading Audible after we get off this and I'll make sure the speech advice, it's literally going to have its own folder on my phone. So just know that you've completely yeah, yeah. swung me to the audio. And I was already a big audio guy through podcasting and yeah, whatnot, clearly. but uh, definitely got me s- switching over. As I ra- as, as we wrap up this podcast, I always allow the guests to put a challenge out there to anybody that's listened to this podcast thus far. If they made it this far into the episode, what is one challenge you have for the listener? Challenge I have for the listener. Um, okay, cool. I'll give one challenge and one um, thing that is useful to us. It's feature fine. Number one is when I was like 13, my mom was like, Cliff, it's a full moon. Go make 30 moon wishes. And I was like, moon wishes? And then, I, But I did it. And so I wrote a list of the 30 things that I wanted in my life. Um, and I thought, okay, if there was a genie here, and I need to collapse these into like three folders. How would I collapse those? And so I figured out what my top three goals in life were, which were number one, have kids who are greater than me and make myself the best person that I can be. Number two is maximize the love in my life, whether it be my, my partner, my friends, my family. And number three is create as much value in the world as possible that elevate, elevate the collective quality of life. Um, so I would challenge you to take a piece of paper and write your 30 wishes mm. and then collapse them into folders and see what you want. Uh, and then uh, the last thing I'll say is Go to Speechify.com and download the Chrome extension. Go to the App Store and download Speechify, the iOS app. And um, if you're in Miami or Florida and you like doing videography or podcasting, we are trying to hire someone to help us do videography and podcasting. So reach out to me, send me a message on Instagram. Oh, there it is. There it is. Somebody might get a job out of this. So make sure you slide through uh, yeah. Cliff's uh, Instagram and uh, tell them uh, you're, you're interested. But uh, Cliff, as we wrap up, man, uh, sincerely mean this, genuinely mean this absolute pleasure getting to chat and meet you today uh nothing but just pure positive radiant energy even through this zoom Mm. even through this laptop i can feel it in you and there's nothing more that i love to see than people that have found the thing they're supposed to be doing in this world that are doing it at scale that are impacting people and you're just so passionate about like you said earlier like you don't even want to go to sleep because you just love what you do and there's so many people in this world that I think don't have that feeling. They don't wake up every single day and, and have that like kick in their ass. Like, let's get this day oh, started, you know? Sorry, I have another habit that I have to share. Please. So the other thing is I don't drink and I don't smoke and I never have. Ever. Um, ever. Never been drunk, never been high. Um, You're dialed in, man. And I attribute so much of my success to that. Um, again, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm the guy dancing at the table at every party. Yeah. And in college, I went out like three nights a week. Uh, I go out to dance. I go out to meet people. I just never felt the urge to drink uh, because before college, I did all these comfort challenges that I read about in How to Win Friends and um, the four-hour work week, and I, I knew that I didn't want to drink. And so I, lo- I, I got it to the point that like I don't have any inhibitions to begin with, and it's not a religious thing. It's not a like strict family thing. It's like I realized they did the pros cons list. It just didn't make sense. Why would I poison my body mm. and my brain? Um, I really like the person that I am. I don't want to live inside of a different brain state. Um, I want to be productive on Sunday mornings. Um, and, uh, and same thing for um, everything in life. Like figure If there's something that is not adding value to your life and, and is taking things away, um, don't be afraid to question why should you be doing this, even if friends tell you that you should. Um, it's just a really, really positive thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's something to try. That's beautiful, man. I mean – to to not uh, to not feel the need to to test alcohol or smoke or anything like that, that's really I have nothing but respect. Like that's uh, 
I only have one other person that actually the, 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 the buddy of mine that put me on a John Belling, he's the only other person, one of my best friends of my entire life, childhood. Uh, he's the only person that I know that has done the same way. Just never tested, never mm. put his foot in the water and tried it. Just never cared to. And I've always respected that about him. And, um, you know, just hearing that from you, it's like such a game changer for, for somebody that has tested the waters when I've gone extended weeks and months of not touching it, I feel the same level every day where then if I allow myself to explore and have some fun, there's these high highs and then followed by these low lows. And then it takes a day or two to like come out of like the trenches you could almost say. So I'm a big believer in that too. Like it's uh, in the long run, it's going to pay off in dividends. And I think that's amazing that you've been able to. Yeah. I mean, there's no question to me. And the, the way to think about it too is like, look, I have a very intense personality. I have a very addictive personality, mm. in fact. Um, like I know I'm predisposed to that type of behavior. So why open the door for negative things to happen? Yeah. And I also think about life in terms of existential risks. Like that is an existential potential risk for the quality of my life. Yeah. Why threaten it when my life is so good? Um, and you said high highs. If you just like continue to work and it stacks and it stacks and it stacks, like your life is just constantly this high yeah. high. And like, it's so wholesome too. And you get to have great friends and great experiences and parties, but just not, not in a way that like brings you down. Um, and again, like it also shifts who you are. And like, let me be clear, all my friends, almost all my friends, um, drink, all my friends smoke. Like this is no- totally normal. I don't judge anybody who does. All my friends do. Um, but I know that for me, it's just such a benefit and it's because I don't trust myself. Mm. Um, and, 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 and I'm responsible enough to make that judgment. Um, and and there's other things too that I think are very difficult to stop yourself from if you start indulging. So better to stay away. Um, and again, when my life is like totally set, when I figured everything else, <laughs> then you could try psychedelics, then you can figure it out. But even then, I'm not sure that I'll even choose to. But again, and it's not that I haven't thought about it. I have thought totally. about it. I've written a lot about it. I've, I've considered it. And I just decided that it didn't make sense. Yeah. Take it. So it's something to take think a about. Day. And even if you do, just do it in moderation. Yeah. Take it day by day. And you, at the end of the day, you are your own accountability partner, which is the the number one thing. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to screenshot this episode, post it to your IG story, tag Cliff at Cliff Weitzman. That's C-L-I-F-F-W-E-I-T-Z-M-A-N. And tag at speed, Speechify app on IG. You can also check out their website, Speechify.com. Any other last plugs before we wrap up? That's all. Cliff. Go check out the rest of the episodes that Bobby made. <laughs> You're the man, Cliff. Thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been an absolute pleasure, brother. That's it for today, you ladies and gentlemen. Man. Thanks for tuning in. It's the Bearded Man Podcast. See ya.